Corners. I'm your host, Brian Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest Amazon and e-commerce experts in, in, in the industry uh, to your earbuds or to you, uh, wherever you might be watching or listening from. Uh, we're going to bring actionable insights and some thoughts and uh, conversations to you uh, with different topics of conversation. It could be anything from logistics and sourcing to advertising and marketing to um, international expansion expansion this podcast ranges all over the place but that being said just want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors ping pong payments ping pong has been helping international sellers keep more of their hard-earned money by sending and receiving international payments in the localized currency what does that mean that means that you no longer have to pay fees to amazon or any other marketplace that are set in stone by those entities you can now have more access on what you're receiving in those transaction funds and keeping more of your hard-earned money. Everyone wants to put money towards actionable insights, uh, actionable things like uh, your inventory or buying more, uh, buying more goods or being able to afford more employees or just paying out your VAs or pay yourself something. You can do that. And ping pong is one of those ways to help save more time, money, and effort. So go ahead at usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast. And you'll be able to check out all of our past episodes, but also sign up for a free account today. Um, that being said, again, this is episode 185. We're cruising right along, trying to get on pay pace for a 200 by the end of 2021. So bear with me. We're going to have a lot of content coming your way here in the next couple of days. If you're watching this live, you know that you can comment on the social media comment sections, whether it's on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Um, let us know where you're listening from, or if you want to just say hi to myself or our guest. You can do that there. If you're listening to us, you can just comment in the show notes below. That being said, this this year's been kind of crazy. I know this week is Thanksgiving. Traditionally, yesterday is, I want to say, the third largest shopping holiday in a typical year, right? Uh, largest shopping day, I should say, of the year because people are thinking about Thanksgiving, which means Black Friday, which means uh, people are freaking about Christmas. It kind of trickles on itself. So it's been a busy weekend for lots of e-commerce sellers, retailers. You might have seen a lot of ads drop, a lot of different things happening. But as any entrepreneur know, entrepreneur goes, it's nice to be present now, but looking to the future, you want to start planning for the next year. And a lot of people, if you're smart enough, looking at that 2022 schedule and saying, that's not far away. What are, what are our goals, ambitions for the next upcoming year? And that's what we're going to talk about today with uh, our friend of the podcast. She hasn't been on for a while, I think actually since episode 100. So, but she's been doing lots of uh, amazing things in the time since we last talked. Uh, Yana, uh, Yana from Royalty Translations is hopping back on Crossover Commerce. And we're going to be talking about international marketplaces and what to expect in 2022. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring her on back to Crossover Commerce. Without further ado, fresh off from being... Yana from YLT. Yana, what's up? How are you? It's always good to be uh, back in your show. Uh, I've been good. I've been busy. Um, honestly, Q4 has been less busy than last year, uh, which is not so, uh, you know, uh, puzzling why. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, definitely things are going good. And I'm looking forward to Christmas holidays and just, you know, taking some time off and getting ready for 2022 and what we discussed is going to be very exciting and most amazing year i'm sure yeah it's it's busy uh first and foremost again congratulations on uh on the marriage and you guys are you know running two separate businesses um been actually touring around oh, i say touring around you're not a band uh but you guys are traveling around quite a bit in terms of conferences and businesses what's that been like kind of um like for the since we last talked of have you had a favorite conference or some awesome takeaways that have changed your business or uh, mindset or anything like that since you've we lost touch base? Right. Well, last year has been very interesting for us because even though we are based in Europe, we could travel to the States unlike most of other Europeans. And so I was really, really, really blessed to have that opportunity. And it was like one of the first times in my life when I was actually grateful for, to have a Serbian passport because uh, for the past, you know, uh, 20, 25 years, we would have to have like visas wherever we traveled. And now like, you know, the tables have turned and we could travel to the States. So basically, like last year was like mostly a 
uh, in the States. So everything related to, uh, you know, business happening out in the States, we were there. That was very awesome. Like I kind of grew close with like so many people and we went to so many different events and definitely the highlight of my last year when it comes to like speaking, uh, you know, gigs and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, showing showing myself in the business and appearances is was definitely the prosper show um ever since i started this business almost three years ago i've had like this goal in mind to like speak and prosper like one day just like you know like what danny mcmillan says he does like you know it's like going to the oscars like this is like what prosper is and that's what it was for me so it was, i was very honored to be invited to speak uh, uh on stage there and definitely prosper was very intense it was very um action-packed um event especially because of the after parties and all aggregators just trying to you know uh you know uh outdo every you know a single night was like something better you said yes a lot right <laughs> more yes like more unique better who's gonna throw more money at the party and stuff like that so it was definitely it came like with additional like you know level uh it leveled up a lot to say the least um, that this was not like a you know Amazon events were not like this like two years ago, so uh, definitely people up their game when it comes to that, and especially because when it comes to content and stuff like that, and I was just you know super happy I could actually network and see real people and hang out uh, with people in groups and like enjoy myself and have, have drinks because like back home in Europe everything was basically locked, um, so I was really happy about that and uh, just you know being part of the US scene. Uh, is much different than what the scene is like in Europe. Uh, and also you have like access to like much more people. And it was definitely super rewarding experience. Uh, one of the best things was that I definitely could uh, get closer with a lot of people from the industry that I now call like really good friends and best friends. And, you know, I'm just really happy about that because I think we have like a really great community and people, you know, like help each other. They're like super nice. And I'm just really happy that I'm actually, you know, part of it. So um, three years ago, I could not even imagine that something like that would be, you know, possible. Like going to this, like now in London, going to all these like Christmas parties I'm invited to. So it's just, uh, it's just good time to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I was going to say entrepreneurship seems like it's, it's really become the forefront, especially on online businesses, services, things like that. Um, it's more important than ever. And yeah, I talked about this in the past, a couple episodes is, a lot of people have been constantly just feel like 2021 has been like a whiplash, right? Like constant changes, little tweaks here and there. It's almost like death by about thousand paper cuts of there's another change. What does that mean for people? Uh, there was, I believe even on Friday, it was the official update or announcement that TOS was going to change yes. for launch, launching products and, and different things like that um, where a lot of people speculated um, and it's going to happen the day after Christmas or after um uh, Thanksgiving, which is again very strange timing of what they're going. Yes, do. very weird yeah. timing, and it's interesting that they decide to update TOS like right now after not having it updated in like forever, uh, and uh, not that they haven't made like these like big changes. And uh, I just read today that you know people are still wondering like what's like happening with like super URLs because like previously there mm -hmm. was like information about like an Amazon employee on a forum basically saying all these things about like rebate keys, like search by file, like everything that manipulates ranking and super URLs. So super URLs, that's like something that I've mentioned for the first time ever. They were like never banned or there were like no, no talk about uh, super URLs. And then this new updated TOS doesn't mention anything about super URLs. So I'm just kind of wondering, you know, because like, you know, like the, the TOS is, of course, it's open for interpretation and it doesn't necessarily mean that this is what it looks like. Well, maybe if we, you know, put like put it this way, but then, you know, people are also going to try to find, you know, the, the way behind or, you know, just uh, to surpass some things. But uh, definitely big what they're saying about the search find buy because literally I think every Amazon seller has been doing it this or that way. Also affecting, you know, um, service providers who offer the service. And I mean, I, I, I think it's really good that Amazon wants to uh, fix this and like stop manipulation of any kind. Uh, so I think that's actually good. 
that they're doing good things for sellers. I just kind of see maybe, you know, in the future that like Amazon is going to ban everything that like the third party is doing. So like that sellers could only use like Amazon stuff, such as like how they launched that um, uh, growth uh, opportunity. Uh, what's it called? Not the growth, um, I always forget the name. The, the um, yeah, the tool that Amazon launched for product research, for instance, like here. Oh, tech, right. The Opportunity Finder. Opportunity yeah. Finder. They, they, they called it like a... Um, opportunity growth or something like that that's like something their tool like and mm -hmm. uh they launched it and that's like something that like for instance like helium 10 like offers as well so you know like i'm just curious to see like what else is going to be enrolled uh you know from amazon like in in the future and how far they're going to take all these like rules and and if they're going to update tos anytime soon again and you know it's very interesting to see what's going to happen absolutely so your initial take is like it, it just kind of wait and see and see how that's going to affect I, because i think something like this actually has wider ranging uh, effects for lots of different service providers, but also sellers yeah. too, because if you're launching new products, um, you're trying to just put more product in market This really creates a, un, like it creates a fog or a barrier of what is the appropriate way to now launch new products and get exposure yeah. on Amazon. Is it only through, again, a lot of people are leaning on now micro influencers or influencers in general or ads like, like through TikTok or like through uh, different ways of driving traffic to your listings and having that outside traffic source. So again, not really a clear picture of what Amazon's trying to present to sellers as this is the opportunity for you as a seller to now be effect effectively launching and getting exposure on Amazon. So and what's really interesting when you mentioned TikTok and since we're going to talk about like 2022, what's going to be really big and I think it's going to be like completely like game changing is shopping like inside of TikTok, like a TikTok store, not like an Instagram. And, you know, it's gonna, it's not actually like an Instagram store. Like you can like kind of, you know, like mm. buy and scroll and stuff like that. But like TikTok is going to have like a, you know, a special platform for that. And I think that shopping like inside of TikTok is going to be major. Um, also because like when it comes to TikTok, it's a common misconception that only kids use TikTok. And um, actually it's like females, like 65% of the audience are females. This is like information directly from the source, from the TikTok. So 65% of the uh, of the um, of the platform's users are females in their age from 18 to 30. So if you're having like beauty products or anything that's gonna, you know, it's your target group, you should definitely go on TikTok and just gonna do it. And a lot of people don't even know how it works, you know, like there are like tons of ads. Like you don't have to only use like influencers and like create like uh, attention grabbing videos and stuff like that. Of course you can't do that, but there are like tons of like ads and different opportunities, how you can like get to reach to your audience. And what's very interesting for TikTok is that they have a unique audience, which means that the audience that's on TikTok is nowhere to be found. They're not on Facebook. They're not on Instagram. They aren't anywhere. They're like only on TikTok and they want to spend money. According to their research, the the shopping spree of like a like a random TikToker and their financial, um, you know, uh, their financial power and uh, you know shows that they will spend more money than an average Facebook or Instagram users. So that means that it's driving significant yeah. trends too for uh, not just Amazon sellers but just oh yeah for the keywords. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if you check like the keywords, like in brand analytics, they would be, you know, they would be uh, influenced by what's trending on TikTok. And I remember there was like, uh, I know like a lot of people wrote about that, but I also was looking for something. It's like you take your pants or something and then you cut it somehow. So it fits, you make it into a bra or something like that. And it's kind of cool like when you're sleeping whatever i don't even want to get into that but it just like i remember seeing that in brand analytics as being like a top search term of like that sort of thing that's like now being sold on amazon which you can like make your make yourself it's not available like to be sold um on amazon so and that kind of influences this so basically tiktok trends and whatever they're doing it's actually influencing like the whole e-commerce space which is absolutely insane that, and that's the thing for it's going into 2022. I think I feel like when we were kind of going through what we learned this past year, it's almost you have to like sit down and go month by month of all the different things that changed in terms of marketing, in terms of outside traffic, and what you can do, what you can't do, and what that future looks like. I think it's just painting a whole new, not difficult, but almost a Amazon's trying to cut down like some of these. If you're a big Loki fan, it's like cutting off these external like going off this one major path, right, of 
not wanting these branches to occur. And now they're trying to cut down on and have this mainstream of keep it consistent, let the product in, let the product essentially hopefully do be featured. But again, competing with big time brands, a lot of people with lots of money, that competition of how do you stand out? There's been lots of great theories in what, what the future can look like. And, that, and that's just really hard for a small to medium sized business owner of saying, how can I stand out if I don't a, have the money B, you know, just know how to do it now appropriately. So all these different things are tools that essentially are there and they're still okay by Amazon and driving outside traffic is, yeah. like, it, it's very tough to know, like as a small medium sized business owner of you hear one thing and then it changes the next month and then you have to sit down and read figure out your whole entire plan. Is that, was that what some of your customers are telling you too? It's hard to understand of, do I expand to these markets or do I, do I say Pat and amazon.com or what are those conversations like for you saying, Hey, it's so difficult to understand a whole new language, let alone all the new rules and resources that I have to understand. I'm just going to stick with.com and, and be okay with right. that. Well, you know what? Like .com has been, uh, it has become, um, a fearless jungle for a lot of sellers where not a lot of them can survive. They got eaten by other animals, honestly. And it's been a, like a really big jungle with tons of rules actually. So a lot of people just think, you know, like, well, I don't, I don't think I can fight anymore. I'm just going to go and like, you know, uh, go back and just maybe, you know, rethink my resources is going to, you know, just do something else. And then, that's when they decide to expand because they're like, well, maybe I could like, you know, uh, get more sales in a different marketplace with still my best selling products. And I don't have to, uh, you know, be afraid of so many different rules and like things that will change overnight and stuff like that. So when it comes to like, you know, Germany or maybe some other European marketplaces, they do not enforce the rules so quickly and they don't change them so fast as they do for the U S like Amazon. Uh, for instance, like the latest, what happened is like that they, that Amazon will stop uh, taking uh, UK visas, like credit card visas yep. from Amazon sellers and others. You cannot use it for business anymore. And that sucks like a lot. So you can still said, use like, I believe Visa is like, yeah, the number one card carrier in the world. Yes. You can still use the debit visa card, but you cannot use the credit card. And that's because I just read about it today because it was like, why did they just kind of do it? Like, why do they want to, you know, like screw the whole English population? Like, what's this like something personal? Like Amazon and then they- UK. And then basically what happened is because UK is not uh, no longer part of Europe. So post-Brexit, since they're not European Union anymore, the the fees for Visa have gone up like crazy high. Mm-hmm. And Amazon decided they don't want to do anything without like crazy big fees. And then they're like, no, your cards are canceled. Uh, but you can still use like the Visa debits mm-hmm. and um, MasterCard. Uh, but the, mo- the majority of the population, I think everywhere in the world uses credit cards like Visas and MasterCard. So I'm like really curious to see like, is this going to affect like MasterCard as well? You know, what's going to happen? Like maybe like the UK, it will be, it will, it will end up with just, you know, users having to use the debit cards instead of all the credit cards. So that's just uh that's, it's a major, major deal for the beginning of 2022 as well. So I think that's going to, you know, be a little bit uncomfortable for a lot of people. Well, last time Amazon did this too, it was a squeeze. It ultimately it's to get the fees down, right? That Amazon mm-hmm. has to pay per transaction. And that makes sense, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Any small, any small to medium sized business owner, that's why you say you have to have a minimum threshold of spend in order for it to make financial right. sense. Same with Amazon, they have to still pay the processing fees just like everyone else. It's great because they do so much business that those mm-hmm. fees they add up quickly. So, like you said, if it's higher in UK versus the rest of European Union. I'm assuming that Amazon slid a number across the table and said, this is what we pay everywhere else is what we want to pay here. And we don't want to, we won't accept it any otherwise. And probably Visa within the next, you know, I'm assuming this next week there, if, if they can't accept it on Amazon right now, uh, shoppers can't use Visa on one of the more popular marketplaces, if not the most popular marketplace yeah. in the UK during Black Friday and, exactly. and all those different things. So again, the squeezes on of negotiate those rates a lot better. Amazon's probably going to win in the next day or two. Um, and then we'll be back to score one. So again, 
it's it's the power of do you do you want to like go away from this very big money printing machine or do you find a supplemental area and if there's ways to do that i know lots of people are looking at marketplaces of hey if i get shut down in the us for one reason or another my listing gets suspended i have inventory issues i can still rely on amazon.de or amazon uk or different marketplaces yeah. in general there's right. a lot and of we, different opportunities yeah and we've seen like of course like a, a decrease in the uk sellers who want to expand to europe and from let's say like uh you know uh, sellers from germany or like from the us most of them like would go to europe now not necessarily uk as well like earlier, it was like UK was mandatory, especially like for the US sellers because of the language and of course everything. But now there's been a, a certain decrease in the numbers of those who want to do that, uh, which is absolutely justified because of the inventory problems and absolutely um, everything going on. So yeah, I'm like really curious to see like in 2022, uh, what's going to happen. And when it comes to like new Amazon marketplaces talking about like Sweden, Poland, and a lot of sellers want to go to Turkey now as well. Uh, like Sweden and Poland still haven't, we haven't still seen any, like, you know, any amazing sales. Um, sellers are getting some traction as like some certain sales, but they're not, the, the, those marketplaces haven't reached their potential yet. So like, you know, if you want, if you, if you expect sales and if you expect to like, I don't know, like triple your revenue, going to like Poland, which is an amazing marketplace. Like I would not get my hopes up right now. And also like what happened, like with the Amazon uh, Netherlands, like, so for the first, the whole first year, like Amazon hasn't rolled, rolled out PPC for them. So like, as soon as they have rolled it, like a year later, they have surpassed bowl.com, which was like the, the dominant marketplace in the country. And then, you know, people start getting some sales, but I kind of think, feel that a lot of people, a lot of sale, a lot of sellers were kind of disappointed. And then now they're like, hmm, I don't know if I want to do this marketplace or not. But when it comes to Sweden and Poland, I'm like really curious to see like what happens next year, because I think that like, for instance, like Poland, which also has a perfect position to sell to other countries also like in Europe, because like other countries that don't have their own Amazon, like uh, Norway or um, Denmark, Denmark or yeah, like Scandinavian countries, Finland and uh, like tons of other countries in Europe, especially the ones that are not EU, they are going to be redirected and they're going to buy from like Germany or from Poland and from elsewhere. And Poland has like the central uh, locations on Europe. And for many years, even before Amazon, Poland has been like a really interesting um, location to for big brands to have their warehouses over there because of the, you know, logistics. So mm-hmm. um, in Poland, it has like, you know, 12,000 online stores. It's like uh, Allegro is like top 10, uh, and uh, marketplaces like right after like Tmall and Shopee, which are like top like 10 marketplaces yeah. in the world. So I just really, I foresee a really, really great future future for uh, Poland. Definitely. Um, especially when you see like Zalando, like also like top marketplaces in Europe, they also expanded to Poland and Sweden last year. So there's got to be something that's like really interesting with those um, countries. So I will definitely keep an eye on Poland and Sweden. I think big things are coming for them. Like I know like DSP has become available for Sweden as well. So I just think that like next year is going to be um, awesome. And I think that more marketplaces will be enrolled next year. I'm really interested to see like what's going to happen for like uh, with uh, South America, like the marketplaces over there. I think that could be absolutely huge. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen next year, but and I've heard things that things might start moving on that side of the map. Uh, so that would be really interesting, but I would definitely, definitely keep in mind on uh, expansion in that way. Um, if you want to stay like on Amazon, if not, like I'm heard, you know, that Walmart has been like doing even better than Amazon for this uh, beginning of Q4 that they've had like some insane, like they have like, I think they kind of doubled or maybe even tripled their, you know, uh, their, their revenue like, when it comes to marketplace and people who sell on Walmart. So I think Walmart is like very, very trending. I know Tim Jordan has been, been talking about that a lot. Um, so yeah, I think definitely like um, expanding elsewhere will be very dominant in 2022 as well because ever since COVID, it literally skyrocketed. And we've been working with like a lot of brands like that, I don't know, selling Sephora, CVS, they haven't ever thought of like, you know, selling online, but after COVID and everything, they had to kind of, you know, 
put it all in in their online presence. So, and they decided to go to other international marketplaces, which I think it's absolutely amazing. And what I would also like suggest people to do is like, you know, just go to brand analytics and see what people are looking for at these marketplaces. Because, you know, like, um, for instance, like in Germany, like you have like portable AC, for instance, which is like, maybe like if you check brand analytics, like it's like thousand something like search frequency search term, but in Germany, it's like top 10. Because like, you know, um, there are no like built in ACs in Germany because it was never this warm as it was earlier. So people right. are really struggling to, you know, cool off during summer and they really want the, that portable AC that you're maybe not, you know, selling that well in the US because people don't need it. Um, but in Germany, this could be like a potentially like a hot, hot product. So like what I would do is like, I would definitely go to brand analytics and like, you know, check like the first 50 or 60 search terms and be like, hmm, okay, interesting. And then you can compare the competitors and everything. Like you can go to like buy box and hidden tenor, like Cerebro, whatever you want to do. And with a little like research, you can see like, if you have a good potential for a marketplace, maybe you're struggling in the US, but maybe you'll be dominant like in Europe and some other marketplace or maybe Japan or UAE or, or Mexico. There are like so many different uh, options for you, but whatever you do, I would always suggest having like a, like a business plan and when is the right time to, to expand? Well, not if you have like one product and you're just going to start it. So you just kind of want, you want to like, uh, you know, dip your feet in another country. Like don't do it that, like, that like that. Like we usually work with like seven figure sellers and up who are like already established and maybe who like really did everything they could. And now they want to kind of expand elsewhere and like to see, you know, if uh, they can do better or just super successful brands are just like amazing. And they just want to do amazing on other uh, marketplaces as well. So I, I strongly suggest that you try to see like, you know, how well your product will be doing on another marketplace. Uh, no, the PPC costs and uh, everything, you know, you can do it. You can do that like by yourself. Your VA can do it as well. It's not like you have to, I don't know, do what, and it's not overly complicated. So I would definitely uh, suggest 2022 as being also like very trending in international marketplaces. I mean, I, our business has also skyrocketed like in the last year and a half. Uh, which just shows how many people want to expand, you know, to um, other places and see potential in that. Um, the only problem could be, of course, with the inventory and the shipping. But what I've um, noticed that sellers now do is like when you have the inventory in the UK, you want to ship it to Europe. Let's say you want to ship it, ship it to Germany because that's the biggest marketplace and everybody wants to be there. You just ship it your, your goods, not like to... Um, Germany directly, but you ship it through Netherlands and it takes about two, two weeks for the products to reach your warehouse in Germany. And you don't have to have like the, the different entity or VAT, whatever, like for Dutch, it's just literally like traveling like this. So that's a small hack that sellers are using that seems to be working still. You brought up a good point that I always, when people ask me, when's the right time to move international? And I I like the notion that says it's up to you. It depends on how comfortable you feel. There's not a metric or there's not a point at which you've you've reached as a seller, right? You're I'm assuming that's is what you tell people is depends on when you feel comfortable yeah. selling on multiple marketplaces. That's when the right time is to do it. Whether it be time, money, effort, um, having the right partners in place, uh, like you guys for um, clearly translations, ping pong for obviously accepting international payments, things like that, where it makes complete sense and figuring out logistics. I think that's the biggest caveat of, can you get enough inventory to these locations? But again, it doesn't have to be a one-to-one -one ratio. It could be 10% of your inventory that you have in the United States or different marketplace, or it could be 20% really just is a dipping yeah, of the water. They're, they're like, they're not like no rules, but I mean, I would say that rule of thumb is that of course I agree. Like whenever you're ready, but, you know, if you are like selling, if you're kind of new seller or if you may be like selling this one product and then you're like, usually if you have one product or maybe two products, like don't don't go internationally. I don't think it's worth it because I don't think if you are not like doing like a lot of numbers on these two products, I, I wouldn't suggest that as being a good idea to scale at that point and go abroad honestly, because I, I don't think you'll have like enough of the revenue and everything. And it's a long process, like VAT numbers takes forever. And uh, you just really need to have the, um, the logistics and everything to take care of all of that. Right. You need to, you need to feel comfortable and make sure that you're profitable and you're doing yeah. well in-house with your initial marketplace. And then, then yeah, you exactly. go there. 
Very cool. So you, you were talking about your growth in the past year and a half too. I'm curious for your insights. Is that growth from sellers outside the United States selling into the United States or is that in, in the United States as Amazon.com and they're moving out? Where, where do you see the most that people are asking for help at? Yeah, definitely U.S. sellers who want to expand to other marketplaces and that's to Europe. So we have most work is Europe related, um, like top four, five, six, or even all seven European marketplaces. And then it's Mexico and Canada. That's how it goes for the for the sellers. I mean, a lot of sellers that want to sell in Mexico, they don't contact us. They're just going to do it themselves. Um, so that's why I think that it's not like in top like three. Right, for you guys, but, yeah. Yeah, but when it comes to like other marketplaces, definitely Europe is still number one when it comes to U.S. seller who wants to expand to international marketplaces. U.K., Germany, and France are still top three uh, marketplaces that people expand to. And I just cannot just, you know, help but wonder, you know, why are still people doing so much of the machine translation and stuff like that? Because like, you know, if your content is uh, worthy to you, like in English, like if you're like, wow, I have to have good content because I can sell my product. Why don't you have the same relationship with content in other languages? Because those content in other languages should be equally important to you as it is like on the US marketplace, because People will read it and it should make sense and it should have keywords, but people still don't, they don't think that way. So it kind of really makes me upset every time I'm like, but it's still content. It's just in different languages. Like you really have to kind of, you know, perfect it and it has to be done, you know, good. Cause you don't want to have like a copy that doesn't make much sense to people who sell it and people in Europe, not everyone speaks English. I know this is, you know, like mind blowing for a lot of, you know, wow. English speaking, uh, uh, <laughs> English speaking population. But, you know, like in, in Europe, like every second or third person, they don't speak English. And those who speak, they're not super proficient at it. And when they buy products, if they don't understand this fully, especially when it's like beauty products, supplements, anything for babies, something that has like, you know, weird ingredients or you know something that you don't understand you're highly unlikely going to buy it and by leaving the 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 the, the content as it is just you know left in english or like some chinglish you know version of it in french or italian or dutch you are skipping every other every third customer you're not targeting the whole marketplace and you're using a lot and people like to see that when it's written in their own language i mean you can see like tons of studies regarding that and you know like harvard business review also said that you know you've been targeting every other person in this world if you are using only english as your you know um advertising language of your product i was gonna say um there's two things that i thought about between that of i'm assuming if i'm not a native english speaker a native speaker of that language that there is a significant lift or drop off i should say if i can if i'm a person speaking french and i know that they clearly aren't speaking French or they're using machine learning or whatever. They can tell that that's not really a translation and you can see the the discrepancies in it. And there's probably a big drop off in those kinds of sales versus it's appropriately yeah. translated, um, whether it be vernacular or any sort of um, cadences and whatnot. Um, is, is, there, is that what you're talking about in terms of like a significant lift, like 20% drop off in sales because of that? And there has that that big of a bump. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people, um, sellers, they come to us and they're like, can you check the listings? You know, can you just tell me what's good, what's not? And I'm surprised by how many of them, like they're saying like, oh, we don't have any sales. Like this is like really not working out for us. I don't know what's wrong. And then you check the listing and it's Google Translate. And you're like, uh, well, of course it's not getting any sales or clicks or whatever, because the listing doesn't make sense. And they're like, oh, really? And they're like, but we use professional machine service. And I'm like, well, I mean, just, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, right? That's so, incorrect. <laughs> yeah, it's incorrect. And people are not seeing sales. Or sometimes they're seeing sales, but that could be so much better. Because, like, even if you use, like, a regular translation, like, word by word, like, translation agency, 
um, they're not going to give you keywords. Sometimes maybe it happens that just by doing that translation, it happens to be a keyword and you're like, whoa, I have a keyword here. But that's like by pure accident. It's not because somebody sat down and did the, the keyword research. So definitely that, that's something that will increase uh, your potential sales. Usually what we see after the translation is done, like localized and done keywords, uh, we see anything between 20 to 25% instant increase uh, in your sales and stuff. I got like some tons of like really good case studies, but that it's like, it's a no brainer. If you put something that people understand, and if you put keywords that you that, that trigger the product when people type in that, of, why wouldn't you get sales, right? And uh, that's just probably, you know, the only right way to do it, to just get someone who will do the keyword research and to do a decent text. And that's it. You know, it doesn't have to be all like, I don't know, amazingly done. But if you want to get it done right, just get it with the keywords because keywords are going to sell your product. Absolutely. My, my second question when I was uh, thinking about some of the topics you were covering prior is how much of a lift is there or what kind of translation is there? in terms of images and the images you use. Is that something that you guys have looked into in terms of not just the language you're using, but in terms of the localized images that people are using, whether it comes to lifestyle imagery or mm -hmm. putting it in your um, A plus content, does that matter too, to an extent of who you're using to represent your product um, and where you're selling that product? Have you seen anything like that or done any research yeah, along like those lines? We, we don't do any like, you know, um, like I know you don't do imagery, but yeah, we don't do imagery and stuff like that. But like sometimes, you know, maybe for instance, like um, if you want to sell this product, like in Norway, for instance, like, I don't know, you would maybe want to show people in winter jackets and something that's going to be relatable to these people. Right. Uh, maybe you don't want to show like that they are like in a desert or something like, I don't know, like, you know, we kind of want to, have a little bit more adjusting images and people ask for this. They're like, would this image work? Like what's wrong with this image? Sometimes they're like also like some maybe, you know, sensitive topics that you kind of will have to avoid. Um, so I would say that people would want to localize their images, but I haven't seen maybe 1% of sellers that are actually localizing them according to the language and the you know um the target audience the the company they sell uh the products that they don't even just you know the packaging is pretty much the same you just gonna have that seal seal appeal uh, languages like five different languages on the packaging but the thing is that you i mean when it comes to main images you can't localize right. you still have to have one main image for each and every country unfortunately uh, but there is a way how you can actually have different, let's say, text on images or even different images on different countries. Uh, and that is for now only like, you know, in Vendor Central, this is possible. But in Seller Central, you'll have to be um, uh, you have to apply for it's called a 360 marketplace. It's an Amazon program. And this is a it costs like uh, 1500 euros plus one. 0.8 or 1.5% of your um, revenue. So it does cost a lot of money, but this gives you the, the opportunity to change the images, like the main images to have them customized, uh, both if you want like different lifestyle images or if you want different text, like in different languages written on the main image. But that's it. That's the only way how you can do it. Uh, apart from that, you can always, you know, play around with A+, and you can have completely different A+, uh, content and stuff like that. But from what I've seen, also from, like, very successful sellers, um, they haven't customized their images to different uh, countries. Some some of them ask, like, would this be okay? And then, for instance, right. like, I have a big team of, like, 82 people, and then I just go to my German team, and I'm like, say... So what do you think about this? You know, would this work or not? You know, because that's like Vox Populi. Like that's exactly what you need. Those are all native Germans. Or for instance, like we had uh, one product that one seller was selling. It was like a t-shirt. And it was like Mr. and Mrs. t-shirt with like some like completely like shady smiley written on it, like drawn on <laughs> it. And he was like, Let, we redid the, the whole listing. Their listing was fine. They were doing everything right. 
And they're like, but this is not, this product is just like not selling. If he was a US seller that would expand it to Germany. And then I just asked my whole team, I'm like, so what do you think about this product? Like, I don't know what's wrong. Like, you know, maybe it's not a good product. And then they're like, well, like no, nobody would buy the shirt. Like they were like, we don't like it. Like it's not a good product for the German marketplace, you know? So right. sometimes like, it's just not a good fit. Like don't think that every bestseller in the States will be a bestseller in Europe, you know? Sometimes like the mentality, the, the target audience will just not like your product. And that's like, you need you can do your research in like Facebook expat groups being like, hey, would you buy this product? Why not? You know, you can just kind of do that on your own. You don't have to hire like an expert, whoever like does the product research. You can just do like all these small things and be like, okay, well maybe I'm not going to go to Germany with my t-shirts, you know, because this um, seller, but he was so eager to sell the shirts. He was like, no, I can't do that. And we we're like, well, sorry, dude, like you can't sell it. Like they're not going to sell. So yeah, I, I don't know what happened at the end, but like that was the feedback for him. And literally every like 12 people was like, no, don't sell this in Germany. Very well, that's the thing too. Well, and, and I, I think a lot of people taking that next step, they, they either, um, unless you're a camera, for example, uh, for a second, Ayana, but uh, I'll keep talking for now. Um, so for this, in this capacity, if you're expanding internationally, a lot of people don't think about the cultural aspects of it, right? Like you said, the um, in terms of the aspect of if they're going to be um, moving internationally, they have to think about where people are like just talking about, or if they're going to be um, be conversing in terms of some sort of language, or again, if it's religious aspects, or if it's people aspects, or anything like that. I think a lot of the notion that people don't take that next step and become that brand uh, that's being localized in, the, in that capacity. So I, do you expect a lot more people to start paying attention to those kinds of areas of being a brand and internationally speaking to those people? Like you said, just asking or being sourceful in terms of that local culture um, inter or just, hey, I'm going to keep it consistent. I'm just going to sell it. How it is and if they like it they like it they don't they don't um do you think that's where people will separate themselves of taking that extra effort that consideration that um hey maybe this product isn't for me and i'm going to stay away and work with just people that see a use for it or see use for the service or would want to buy this instead of trying to force it down people's throats and getting frustrated with that you know what that's a really good question and that's also what i've been asking you know myself like will people get it will people understand the whole point of this like you know like when i talk about that it's not only because i have the service and like i want you to use my service like i have background in languages and like 10 years in e-commerce and i kind of understand how both work and i really want to help people make more money and but people don't have that mindset you know like what i mentioned like people really take care of the content in english because they're english speakers and they understand it but who cares how it sounds in french like i'm just gonna do it and like google Translate will be fine this will be good because people don't think about languages and people don't think about that the target audience in italy will be different than target audience in the in the us that's the problem so people don't think about these things. And I know like when, you know, like after they hear like my podcast or like when I talk live or whatever, a lot of sellers, they approach me, they're like, wow, I, I was not aware of that. Or like, I was not thinking about these things, but now I will think about that. And then they're like, oh, okay, I see what you mean. But I don't think that people will um, dedicate time or even think about these things without having someone to tell them like, hey, you really need to do this this way because it's hurting your listings and your sales. So, you know, that's kind of important. And unfortunately, I don't think that people will come around and be like, this is what we need. This is how this needs to get done. So unless something major happens in this world, I think that I will constantly just gonna try to- Manage soapbox and fight it forever that it is important and by doing machine translation or just doing it like who cares about this that you are leaving so much money on the table because as i said like you know keywords and stuff like that this is what's going to um you know go get those click-through rates you want and the sales 
but not the machines and other like stuff because it's content it's very very important so like you know uh how much you work on your english content this is how you should work on your other international um content as well because it's all very important and what i said earlier like europe is so good like uae japan all of that is very good because like you don't have a lot of those rules that you do have in the us uh, some of them that they uh you know that they have it over there they don't survive the transition to europe so a lot of them are like never going to be implied or ever you know like even like we still use caps lock like in bullets and you can get away with that it's not like they're gonna ban your listing for instance you know and there are tons of stuff like that there are like so many things and it's like so so much easier once you get your product into inventory it's so much easier to get sales and like you know be there be present without any restrictions than you are in the US marketplace. I think now is being like a new seller, um, it's going to be harder than ever to sell on US Amazon. Yeah. What's what's that uh, advice that you give people though? Is it has it changed in the last three years now? What from three years ago, how are you telling people to approach now maybe becoming a new seller on Amazon, whether it be a brand off, like you said, you work with like CVS. Sephora, those are brands. As a new business owner, and as they have a product, I mean, they're selling direct to consumer, and I'm trying to bring it onto Amazon. What are your advice that you're giving people now um, as they're starting out? Well, as you're starting out first, like you really like you have to try harder to find a good product. And now, like when earlier it was like, yeah, you're gonna be like bestseller, no problem, because not many people are selling this product. Now, literally everybody is selling every single product there is. Like there's like thousands of like if you think of the most stupid, like the stupidest product, you're gonna have like like ten of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> you said two hundred, yeah. Yeah. So now it's like so hard. You really have to, you know, understand the whole, like, it's really hard to give a, a advice. It's kind of really like an ungrateful business, like to adv advise someone like how to get started. But now with the supply chain issues and like with tons of competitors and stuff like that, you really, I think you have to spend a lot of time doing the research and then also um, really having enough of resources to kind of go, let's go, you know, like not to be just, I'm going to like spend like this and like, like you have to have like your, your stack and you're going to be like, okay, let's do it properly. Like, you know, you have to kind of, you know, like get someone who's going to, if you don't know how to do it, just let it go and, you know, talk to someone who's like a consultant that, that helps people to start on Amazon and just listen to the steps and like get everything ready, like be, be a nerd, like just gonna follow all of that and do it. And you know, not, now it's easier than ever to find someone who will help you uh, as a coach or like as a consultant, because earlier it was like maybe like, you know, um, this masterclass or that masterclass for like 49 bucks or whatever, you know, now you can find like a real life person that will go through you like, with you through all this process. So I would suggest like getting someone who really knows what they're doing. Like, I don't know. I love like uh, Sharon Evan, like she's great. Like, and you know, when I have someone who wants to sell, like I say, I, I tell them like, talk to Sharon, you know, she's amazing. So, you know, find something like that, somebody like that. If you don't want to do it, I would definitely suggest like spending a lot of time doing the product research. It's very, very hard now to find a good product. And, <clears throat> I would definitely focus if you don't want to like, you know, deal with China, like made in the US is just like gold right now. Like, you know, when people say like made in the US, it's kind of, it gives you the edge, it gives you the, the, the little edge over your other competitors who don't have the made in US product. It, it's definitely going to be a little bit more expensive, but like for like, you know, for unforeseeable future, I think that will be definitely your, you know, key feature that it's made in the US, for instance, you know, and they're like, you know, tons of stuff like that, that you can incorporate, but you have to really kind of make this whole research, like you devoted a lot of time, people usually do that, like as a side hustle in the beginning, like, you know, like 30 minutes a day or whatever, I say like, you have to really, you know, uh, dedicate a lot of time to that, because that definitely can be your full-time job. And I know a lot of people who quit their jobs and are like doing full-time now more than ever, especially because of, you know, the COVID and all the circumstances we are in, people are just, you know, going all in with this online business in, in, in any direction. What's the uh, thing that still you feel like is the biggest 
hurdle that most people are going to have to overcome next year? Is it supply and logistics? I think supply chain, definitely. I think it's probably going to get even worse if possible, but I think that's going to be like such a bottleneck for a lot of, lot of things, a lot of, you know, problems. Uh, so, you know, I think that, um, you know, definitely like if you could like, you know, a lot of people like produce, like, um, do like local sourcing, uh, because of like all the, you know, things dividing the supply chain and everything. So, you know, people are turning from China, from Asia to local, um, locally produced products, which I think is great. And I also love to, you know, you should like, you know, support your local, business like in your own country and like made in your country and stuff like that and be proud of it so I, I don't think that's necessarily bad it's going to cost more but i definitely think that overall like on amazon it's gonna like you know they're gonna raise their fees for absolutely everything so it's not going to be you know as affordable as it was like four or five years ago so everything is going to go up like price wise but and only the strongest will We'll, 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 we'll stay. I think it's going to be like a big cleanup from all those small sellers and people not dedicated enough time and, and money and not investing a lot. And all the, like the, the, the real like Amazon core sellers are going to stay there definitely, which I also don't think it's going to be that bad to just kind of clean the space from all the, you know, little and uh, unimportant sellers uh, for, you know, it's going to be good for both consumers and the others. So I don't think necessarily that's going to be a bad that Amazon. Right. I, I, I'm not hearing consolidation in terms of like only 10, 100 people or 100 companies are selling yeah. on Amazon. I'm hearing, you know, just people who are doing the rock tech. And again, I think that's where Amazon's tactics have tried to shift in that direction of, hey, we're just trying to do it so that if you're if you're capable and able, yeah, we're putting these barriers in place so that people don't skate by and they just like they bring down the house of cards, essentially. That exactly. everything is going to be more solid and People can be consistent. They know what to expect. And because it was such a, anything can happen and there's all these ways to find, go around the machine instead of like working with the machine. I think that there's a lot of consolidation because of that. And that's why they're trying to like rein everything in and say, we want to work with you. This is yeah. how we see it's going to be protecting the end consumer, but also you, the seller. And then if people think that's too difficult, so be it, go find, it. Uh, yeah. go find your own direct to consumer, uh, or uh, go to Walmart, which you see a lot of people shifting. Like, all right, well, we're yes, going to, go to Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, Walmart would do the same thing, but they will. Yeah, eventually know. they will. They will impose their own rules. And I agree. Like, you know, what I said also at the beginning for the TOS, I think it's a good thing that they're going to be like, okay, you can't now manipulate ranking. It's not okay. We should all do it, you know, like fair and square, whatever that means. But, you know, I think it's okay that they, you know, like uh, didn't, uh, did they, you know, are not going to allow certain things uh, like black hats for like absolutely everything. So, yeah. Yana, what, um, so in the few minutes we have left with you, what are you excited about? You said that you kind of alluded to it. Is it the, uh, is it the learnings from people and kind of like just being able to interact or kind of the continuing education on, finding good sellers, service providers um, to work with in 2022. What's your, you and your team's main focus for the upcoming year? Have you guys had that, that meeting of, all right, what's our plan for next year? And uh, this is what we're going to be shooting for. Yeah. Well, we haven't had the meeting, but we will have it really soon. Um, as soon as we can find some time for that. But, <laughs> you guys are uh, so busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, next year I'm really excited because we are going to build our own, our, our own portal that we're going to use, uh, which will make our lives easier. We're going to have like a different, uh, you know, like, um, as a, as a customer, you, you could like log in and see where your project's at. If it's like proofreading or like doing keywords and stuff like that for our translators, they could upload, download and for our project managers that have like the third kind of, uh, login for, for the portal. So I think that's like one of the major things that's happening inside of our company so we're basically next year is going to be all about optimizing our procedures our services everything that's like number one priority absolutely and number two is like definitely i would love to kind of we're we're starting doing something like that like on social media you know like creating like some really interesting posts that people would read which actually lead uh, to better understanding, like, why is localization so important for us? Not just translation, but why is localization so important? And why should people do it? Like, giving some, like, really 
uh, cool examples because also like when I talk, like if you just speak in theory, nobody will understand you until you get like a like a um, an example that everyone will understand. Like for instance, like why is there no Starbucks in Australia? Because Starbucks did not localize to Australian coffee culture, which is similar to Italian one, and not to a U.S. pour over and frappuccinos and uh, chocolate chinos and stuff like that. So people didn't like it over there because they didn't localize, and now they had to say goodbye to the whole continent. And there's no single Starbucks coffee shop in Australia. So that's localization. That's failing at localization. So you know, like through like some like really interesting texts like that, where I'm trying to get people more and more um, educated on the topic and understand how they could hurt their business. So I, I, we would be striving to provide more and more of content like that. And I was just going to be happy when, you know, sellers would, you know, schedule a call or be like, Hey, we want to work with you because we think localization is important. And I'd be like, yes, somebody understands it. I would love to get more and more sellers like that. Or even just like, you know, like, Sellers or other service providers I could talk to on that topic. I'm really passionate about like languages, optimization, like e-commerce, everything. And I'm just going to love talking about that because I think that is where the the money is hiding at this point for a lot of, a lot of different brands. Um, so that's definitely going to be our focus in 2022. And yeah, definitely meeting you in person finally. And, uh, you know, just hanging out with fellow entrepreneurs and just, you know, um, exchanging stories and like just, having an insight of like how somebody built their company from nothing and like having their like you know uh listening to their struggles and like how they solve solve problems that's the the most beautiful part with like being part of, of this business how you can exchange different opinions how you can see how somebody's doing things maybe you will help someone by you know you know telling them something that you helped you and that way we we all grow and learn together and that's the the most rewarding thing in the world right sharing information but then also like building it up so that everyone wins and can do better i agree 100% i'm with you i'm i feel like that this is like a hidden area where optimization if you do it correctly you speak to that localized audience again audience is not just like zeros and ones it's so much more nuanced than to have it's more than just male female uh age, anything like that. It's culture. And that, that's so hard to crack. And people spend their entire lives studying just one culture, let alone how many are out there. Languages, this this international wave of e-commerce and how you can speak across the globe. No one's ever had to dive into that, right? Because of you were just focused on your main street uh, store and just your local community. But now because of e-commerce, you can my, my, my widget can be sold on the other side of the world. Now I have to start thinking about how to market to them. So it's all so fascinating. I'm in your corner. I, I'll I'll uh, I'll be cheering with you, um, trying to get people on our soapbox of this is where the money is and optimizing in this world. So super excited. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, Yana, uh, I know we've connected uh, and linked out to your profiles before, but YLT Translations is still still same, still the best place to go if people want to yeah, learn more. Yeah, definitely. Like you can go to our website, and uh, we have like tons of really interesting content on our blog, like resources, tons of stuff like that. And if you guys have any questions, if you need any advice, if you maybe want us to, you know, do an audit of your listings for underperforming, maybe we can see why, what could be improved. We're absolutely free. You can uh, definitely contact us through our website or you can shoot me an email at jana at wildt-translations.com anytime. Awesome. Very good. And of course, we'll make sure we send people your way. We talk to you in all of our posts. If you have questions, if you're not watching this live again, go ahead and just send a message to Yana and her team. She gets back to you pretty quickly. I feel like you're never sleeping too. I feel like you're always up at random hours of the day when I'm when I'm working and don't know when you sleep, but that's the life of an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's like this. It's like, yes, I'm the king of the world. I'm going to kill myself. I'm losing my company. I'm a billionaire. You know, it's just like, it's a great ride. It's a joy ride. Just got to stay even keel the whole time. I agree with you. Yeah. It's, hard, it's hard to do that. But hey, thanks so much for hopping on again. Uh, Thank you so much for having we'll, me. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk after show a little bit and uh, just catch up a little bit more. But thanks so much. Uh, again, and thank you everyone else for hopping on another episode of Crossover Commerce. Thanks to Yana from YLT Translations, of course. Friend of the show has hopped on a couple of times. Talking what she's seeing globally again, I, I I would call her Mrs. Worldwide of right now. She's she sees things on a global perspective that I think a lot of people are missing. So hopefully you got to take away as an entrepreneur if you're listening to this or if you're watching this as a business owner, start to think more culturally, start to think more localized. 
Uh, it might be a lot of work up front, but again, I think this is truly where a lot of there's an un, there's an un, uh, there, there's an amount of business that can be had there, and I think that's where a lot of growth can happen and be optimized. And a lot of people are thinking that way. So uh, as your business grows and your brain grows, this is where a lot of optimization can happen. A lot of touching different lives and different pocketbooks and different marketplaces. The, the world is literally your oyster now, and it can be easier to get on those marketplaces and in front of people you never were able to have had before. That being said, this is episode one of two this week. Again, um, here in the United States, we have a holiday this week, so we're going to take out the rest of the week. But tomorrow, we have a great episode of 186. Where I'm going to be speaking with uh, Will Hare of Bellavix. We're going to be advertising based on product maturity and have him on uh, and talk about that before we kind of take a quick break for Thanksgiving here in the United States, um, of course, and just kind of Watch how e-commerce unfolds over the weekend with Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But we'll be back again next week. Um, but again, thanks to Yana uh, for YLT Translations. Uh, get in touch with her. As she mentioned, all the links are in the show notes below. Or if you're watching on social media, how to connect with her. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Take care. <laughs>